All right, Melissa. I want to know, when did you decide you were in love with your clientele? Um, probably when I was at the salon before I went independent. It was hard to get there, like, to mm-hmm. build a clientele, but... You know, like I said in our previous episode, like, I gave myself a year. I was like, if I can't do this in a year, then I have to go back to teaching. And I was very adamant about not going back to teaching. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my longest clients, you know them, Mm -hmm. you love them. Oh, oh, we're oh. not anonymous. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so pretend that never happens. Yeah. We could just um, them out. They have been with me for eight years. Yes. And MVPs. they are, she got scheduled with me one day at my first salon that I worked with. Yeah. Or I worked at. And she has just followed me all over the city and it's it's wonderful and those are the type of people that you want I even remember because when I got married I was at that first salon where I started out and I had taken six weeks off because I took the two weeks off before I got married because I had a lot of family coming into town I took off two weeks for our wedding and honeymoon and then like a couple of weeks after because we were also moving like as soon as we got back from our honeymoon. So during that time, the owner of that salon decided to tell her that I wasn't coming back. (laughs) The shadiness. It's crazy. So she told her that I wasn't coming back and just started scheduling my client with her on Saturdays because I worked Wait, Sundays. with her directly? With her directly. Oh, that slithery, slimy, motherfucking snake. <laughs> yep. Ugh. So, and because I didn't work Saturdays, I worked Sundays, we, me and my client never crossed ba- paths, and I was always like, I guess she just doesn't love me, and little did I know that she was like, I don't know why she wouldn't want me to do, like, want to do my nails. And then one Sunday, her and her husband just happened to be in the plaza where that salon was. And they walked by and they're like, Melissa? And I'm like, oh, my God. And they were, she's like, I didn't think you were coming back. And I'm like, I've been back for, like, three months working. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she Mm -mm. called the salon, like, the next day that they were open, and she's like, I would like to change all of my appointments with Melissa, please. Oh, my gosh. And the owner was so salty. Salty because she was being a shady bee. A shady bitch. Just say it. A shady bitch. I don't know why I said bee. Like, it was like... (laughs) I'm trying to sell myself as a real classy gal after our first episode. (laughs) I'm a changed woman after Sunday night. (laughs) But yeah, now her and I, we always laugh and I'll be like, oh my God, do you remember all those shitty nails I did on you? Because I was first out of school then. And it's just been like amazing. Like we have such an amazing relationship. Like 
they are just the sweetest people because I do her nails and her husband. Mm-hmm. And it's just when they come in, it's... Yeah, the whole salon's, like, excited ex- to see them. They ex- have just good energy. They do have good energy. Yeah. Like, I've been there for, like, their kids, like, first girlfriend and breakup. And they've been with me, like, while I was getting engaged and married. And Isn't it's, that so crazy when you think about, like, how long your relationships know. start to run? It's so crazy. Yeah. And I'm sure you have clients like that as well. I do. I do have, like, a, a good amount that um, kind of came with me when I spread my wings and I jumped ship. Um, I actually all but seven came with so I I really had uh, that was probably when I realized how in love with my clients I was mm-hmm. um you know I was still taking new clients at the time and there were some mm, little crazier ones sprinkled in there mm-hmm. but <laughs> like the loyalty thing like I never like it outweighed anybody who maybe didn't come with mm-hmm. um, just like their excitement to get into the studio um, and they saw us like getting we were getting married right as we opened and they were excited for like all my life events leading up and so supportive when we were going through all of the stress when there was you know the legal back and forth and of course there wasn't certain things that we could talk about but you just like they checked in like every time they were like so happy so excited to be in the studio Mm -hmm. and then it's just carried it over over the years because then when we opened here I mean gosh the first day like the flowers that were being delivered and you know you don't sometimes I don't want to say you take it for granted because you definitely don't but you don't realize like how much like you mean to them too. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we I think like we are always like excited to see our clients come in. And I'm not saying that you don't think that they love you too, but then I don't know. I'm like kind of surprised when somebody like delivers flowers. I'm like, Oh, a hundred percent. You love me? A hundred percent. Like my clients, the ones that I was just talking about for the holidays. They sent me a gift bag from Wild Fork. Yes. Full of like steaks and lobster and, like, Wild tails. Fork, please sponsor Melissa because. Oh, God. I mean, sponsor me too because the chimichurri skirt steak there and the oh. air fryer, uh, Lady Boner. Uh, can we just talk about their bacon? I'm not mm. e- I love bacon. Yeah. But their bacon is next level. So, Wild Fork, if you're listening. <laughs> We, we can do a commercial right now. <laughs> but, like, it was so nice of them. Like, I yeah. think I, and it caught me off guard because I think I even texted you and was yeah. like, did you send me wild work? Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So, like, when, you know, when people go above and beyond, and I do the same thing, like, for my clients because those same clients, her mom had passed away, and I had done her mom, like, I had done her mom's nails. Right. Like, that's how right. long I've been with them. And I, you know, of course I sent flowers, like, because mm-hmm. they also know my husband, and they were so appreciative. Like, I don't think that they really expected me to do that, but I'm like, you guys have been in my lives for eight years. Yeah. Like, I see you every two weeks. Like, you're kind of my mom and dad down right? here. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> you've become family in a way. You do. Mm-hmm. So, but it wasn't easy to get there either. No, you go through a lot of um, bumpy moments. I think that especially when you're starting out in the industry, like 
I always say there's a lot of people who are looking for a new stylist or a new nail artist because they just want a new stylist or a new nail artist. And there's also a lot of people that are out there on the market looking for somebody because they're cray. Like, yeah. crazy. It's the same thing as the dating world, right? Like, Absolutely. You might find that one good one that you go and grab drinks with, but you got to grab drinks with at least eight to ten you know, yep. what the hell am I doing here? And when is my friend going to call me and give me an excuse to get the hell out of here before 100%. you get to that? 100%. So I think it's kind of the same thing when you're starting building and you're taking new clients. And then you sprinkle in that sometimes they're a little self-righteous, like the ones that are like, you know, the walk-ins or not all. But I do find that like some, they're the most they talk down to you at times, yes. which is so strange to me too. Um, but I remember when I would like get those run-ins, what would always balance it out was our longtime clients that are right. like, you know, that have been loyal since the beginning. You'd be like, I've got a crazy one in my chair, but then I know so-and-so is coming in right after exactly. and it'll lessen the blow. Well, and if you continue to build, you mm-hmm. know, and then with your experience, you know, you're eventually going to raise prices. The crazies tend to kind of weed themselves out too. Yeah. Which, yeah. hallelujah, which makes more room for those ones that you want, that you enjoy, like, to spend your time with. Which Absolutely. Which I think is so important. Yeah, I think that they definitely tend to kind of sort themselves towards the door. Um, And I have to say, like, at least our experience, like, at the studio, too, which it's funny, we're just, like, kind of talking about this recently. Um, As far as, like, your not ideal client, we kind of sort them out just with our energy here. Like, I think because we don't put any, like, show on like it's not that we're not super appreciative but like we also are firm believers in mutual respect so the times that like maybe we've experienced somebody walking in like a little bit well I don't think you and I have experienced it but I think that maybe it'd be fair to reference like Bella's still building so and we're almost like a little protective each when we see her deal with it um but she would have a few that you know, once she learned to not match that energy or put up with certain things. And it's not a matter of being rude to that person, but it's rather just starting to advocate for yourself when they're calling you out, when they're saying things that aren't necessarily true, that you're doing wrong when they don't really know what you're doing to begin with. I think because we're such a positive, like chill energy in the studio that we don't really give a very good stage or platform for a crazy to yeah. stick around. No, um, no one feeds into it. So no, and that's I think the big thing, and that's yes. growth is when, and I still struggle with it. I think we all do. So of like course. we're sitting here, you know, talking like we're so like, oh my god, like, I never <laughs> feed into it. No, of course, if we have something right. or an incident where something happens, the first thing we do is, you know, we have a safe place to vent and talk about it and all of those things. Um, But I just feel where we're at in our career now, we feel more comfortable to expect and to not settle for anything less than mutual respect. Um, Mm -hmm. I think even... 
throughout this year, like I very minimally have conflict at all with my clients, but maybe COVID would be a good example of that. Yeah. And conflict terrifies me. Like I might be speaking well out of my mouth, but like my kneecaps are shaking. Like I don't enjoy it. And I especially don't enjoy it when it's somebody that you know, in a way I look at like my clients, like I've let you in, right? It's still a business relationship, but you're still closer to me. So I never want to be in that position with anybody, but it gave me the confidence now where we're at that I'm not scared to be like, Hey, like, that's not cool. Like I I clearly say it more professionally (laughs) and we address it. But what I see too is because we have a, a clientele now that really does respect us it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be attached to a dramatic fallout like it used to be. Exactly. You know, now it might be maybe there was an off day. Maybe it was something that was out of character for them, but you addressed it immediately and you let them know about how you felt, right, in that moment. And it's kind of uh, the minimal times I've had it recently, it just kind of dissipates. And like, it's almost like I feel the other person understands like, oh, okay. I'm talking to somebody that's not gonna. Right. Exactly. It's not going to feed into it. Right. So, well, let's talk about what has worked for us in building our actual clientele. Like what has worked versus what didn't work. So let's focus on like what has worked yeah first I would definitely say like social media and I mean if you go to my social media now you're probably like what's going on to me <laughs> um, I'm asking the same thing um and we're figuring that out but it's mainly because I don't take new clients anymore I'm just trying to see where our content should switch to but like when Instagram and Facebook were really becoming a thing it was kind of perfectly aligned with the dawn for myself into my into the industry so like posting on there was a godsend Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much it boosted you know the amount of times I was shared on different like Facebook groups like with moms in our area um recommendation based and I mean it doesn't happen so much anymore clearly because I'm you know right not accepting new clients but I was heavily sought after as far as like people calling the salon and that's not me bragging it was just because I was doing it and I was doing it so actively and so readily and it almost sometimes makes you sell yourself better if that makes sense like it totally gives you the confidence um what I don't know do you feel the same no definitely I mean all of my clients for the most part that I've maintained and that I've gotten have Mm -hmm. been through social media, um, especially now. And, you know, when I was in my first salon, I relied heavily on walk-ins because I was, you know, a new tech. I was fresh out of school. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And, you know, my acrylic sets would take like two hours and whatever. But then I would post about it and people would share it. Um, And it, you know, I would get more clients. And Mm -hmm. then especially, and I would say at first, like when I was doing nails part time, um, I didn't put as much effort into social media because it was kind of like, this is my side gig. Like as long as I made X amount of dollars, you know, because my goal was, you know, I can pay my car insurance and I can pay my cable bill because your girl wants car, (laughs) needs car insurance and cable was a splurge. (laughs) And then let me ask you this too, like with teaching, 
and maybe this is a generalization I'm making, but isn't it kind of like the opposite where they don't really want you to be overly posting? It wasn't as terrible when I first started teaching because I first started teaching in like the 2004-2005 year, which was (laughs) MySpace was still a thing. Damn, MySpace. (laughs) So it wasn't as much then. Right. Um, But then as I switched from doing nails part-time to being my full-time thing, I really was like, okay, shit's getting real. I have a goal. Mm -hmm. I need to be fully booked in a year. You almost had to like, yeah. I really cracked down. Mm -hmm. And then when we were at the salon together, like I was constantly taking pictures of everyone's nails and stuff like that. And even like the front desk people and the owners of that salon were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that's how, Mm -hmm. same thing, like it would be shared on other people's social media. Well, and I saw how quickly you started like, you know, booming at the salon because of that. And I mean, to the point that you finally were like, I'm not doing all of the employees anymore because that's what it turned (laughs) into for you. No, you didn't say you weren't doing the employees. You just started charging. Right. And I thought that that was like a great indication of like what you looked at this this is business like right. you know and that's totally a hundred percent and then when I left that salon and went to the nails only salon um I really again because I was still trying to build that full-time clientele I again really focused on social media and then you know, I focused on the quality of my pictures Mm -hmm. more and things like that. So when people saw it, they were requesting me and I wasn't as heavily reliant on the salon, the salon. Right. But also, I mean, that being said with social media, the work has to be there too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being able to produce quality work. Right. You know, I think that is kind of an unspoken given. Yeah. Here. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, like, well, that's one of my big passions that comes from, like, editing photos or not editing photos. Um, I think now we see that, like, editing photos is almost kind of, at least in the hair side, what you need to do to keep up with the Joneses in a way. Right. Um, But I always say, if you're editing to just capture the proper lighting, then that's totally fair. That makes sense, because I can't tell you how many times, like, I've done an amazing, you know, color, but then I'm taking a picture of it, and I'm like... Well, this fucking blows. But, like, in person, it looks great. And a lot of times, like, for instance, if you finish at 9 o'clock at night with somebody's hair, like, that ain't looking like natural lighting at 2 p.m. where the sun's sitting. Right. You know, the ideal spot or whatever it may be. So I think, like, it's about understanding, like you said, you can edit if needed, but it needs to still be truthful to your capabilities of what you can do. A hundred percent. if you're blurring out some of the lines in your foilage, your balayage, I don't think that's fair. Or if you're trying Um, to blur out bloody cuticles because you did a hack job. Right. Also not fair because, like, then I'm going to be like, wow, my cuticles are going to be rolling out looking smooth like a baby's bottom. Yep. And then I'm getting all bloodied up. No thanks. A hundred percent. So, I mean, social media is great. I know yeah. I know you don't take new clients. I very sparingly take new clients. Yeah. But um, I find your social media to be inspiring to me in the sense that, like, you, you minimally take new clients now and you right. open up small pockets. But the way that I've seen you immerse yourself into the nail world still 
while maintaining that, I think is incredible. Right. And it also goes to show, like, after the holidays, I had a few openings in February, which is our current month right now. And I posted them at the beginning of January, and they filled up pretty much instantly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I had a new client last week, and I she had claimed a one-time spot back in November, yeah. right before the holidays. And she was, let me tell you, she was on top of it. She was so adorable, and we were even talking about it last week at her appointment, because, I mean, I had to bring it up. It made me laugh. Like, I posted the February openings, and probably the day before, she had messaged me. She's like, I just wanted to reach out. Is this going to be like how it was last year, where you post the openings and then you invoice us? Like, do I need to give you my contact information again? And I was like, hey, no. Like, I already have it saved since, you know, I had invoiced you for the deposit before. She was like, okay, perfect. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Let me tell you, I posted my openings within 30 seconds. She's like, I'll take this date and this time. I was like, perfect. Let me send over the the invoice now it'll go to the same email she's like I am standing by with my credit card and I sent the invoice within 30 seconds she paid it she was booked she was confirmed and she was so excited and this was a second time I saw her so when I saw her last week, it was so adorable. If she lis- if she's listening, she probably doesn't know what I saw. <laughs> but as she like before she left, I booked her a follow-up appointment yeah. and she was so appreciative. She was like, "I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I was hoping I could get it like a recurring appointment." Yeah. And as she was leaving cuz you know we have the windows in front of our salon, I saw her do the yes it was so cute but you know like when we were talking like she's she's like the ideal client because she's not only invested in my business she had mentioned that her sister booked with Bella because she was looking for a new hairstylist and she's like I haven't gotten my hair done by anyone there but this is where I go for my nails and I follow all the girls on social media and I love them. She was asking about the cabin that you guys own and oh, she yeah, yeah when I yeah. popped over yeah. And she was asking how the podcast was going. So finding people like that that are not only invested in the service that they're getting but, but like the things the longevity doing, yeah. like those are the ones that you want to keep. And I found her on Instagram. Like, right. she, well, she found me on Instagram. I I had no idea who she was. And she's a gem. Right. And I think that that's the big thing. Once you start to kind of find your market and mm-hmm. you figure out, like, your booking, it works perfectly from there. Social media is, I think, the biggest tool for sure. Definitely. Um, and then I see, like, Bella is a great example. She's our other stylist at the salon who's in the process of building. And, I mean, she's killing it. Oh, yeah. Um, and she books only via direct message on Instagram. Yep. So to some people, you're like, wait, only direct message on Instagram? But the market that Bella is looking to tap into and to create longevity with her clientele in is on Instagram. Yep. So to be honest, it's a great business move for her. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to offer your phone number or texting. You no. can just... And making that decision helps to isolate the 
maybe population or the people that you're wanting to communicate with. Right. But I don't think that's a bad move either because then I think it simplifies it. But it doesn't feel as consuming when you're building and targeting that dream clientele. Right. And I think any social media platform, like I know when you and I started, it was Facebook and... Yeah, Facebook it, was big. Well, not so much for me. Like mostly all of my clients have come from Instagram. I have not dipped my toe in the TikTok world, but I yeah. know a lot of people who do get clients via TikTok. So you just have to find the platform that works best yeah. for you that you enjoy. Most definitely. I mean, TikTok's like we send each other them all day. Yeah, that's but about they're it. just so scary for us to jump into. <laughs> I'm highly invested in cat talk. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. Right now I'm like really, really attached to like the celebrity drama TikTok, but I need to get out of it because now I'm starting to feel like I live with them and it's not happening. <laughs> Um, we live very different lives. Um, so what would you say of everything for you would be like the tools that you would avoid with building? Like what, what, maybe I should say it this way. I think that when we enter into the industry, we're told to do certain things that's going to give us so much opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And then I think we all learned that they were probably a mistake. So what would you label those as like, oh my gosh, mistakes? Um, I don't know that I personally have done them, but I feel like Groupon was always a mistake. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were at the suites, I remember those angry Grouponers were the stomping around. Right. Like, Groupon, I know... Well, I again, I've never tried Groupon personally, so mm -hmm. I can't speak from personal experience, but from what I've heard... Groupon takes whatever the service price is yeah. and already cuts it in half. Yeah. So if you're charging, let's say, $50 for a gel manicure, it's going to be listed on Groupon as $25. And then they take a cut. Then they take a cut. So you're really only making, I think, like 25% of the service. Yeah. Which... You're paying for your product. And... If even, depending on the product that you use, right. you know, if I'm doing a full acrylic set for $25, like, yeah. no way. You can't, you can't make money and cover your overhead with that. Um, and not to mention the type of clientele that you're going to get. And, and I'm not bashing it. Like, some people might want to use, like, those Groupon clients to fill gaps yeah. or something like that. But you're not going to get long-standing loyal clients that like, are engaging in your services you provide rather right. than just looking for they're a look universal service well and they're looking for a cheap service true like that's the end of the day i mean they're looking for a deal right because i know i personally have bought in you know like spa sessions or something like right. that from groupon because i was looking for something once and right and you were like let's just do it on here i mean yeah it's a good deal it's cheap right. i mean we did a vacation on groupon I mean, it was great. It was cheap, and that's what I, yeah. we were looking for to save money. Um, but I just don't think that you're always going to find, like, those longstanding loyal clients. You might get, like, one-timers, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, well, and I think it breaks it down to, like, almost, like, to, to circle back to, like, why social media works for us, in our opinion, um, is because of the difference of, the searching, right? Yeah. So when they search on social media on Instagram is probably what we're using as the example the most for us. They've now engaged with you on your platform, on your profile. Right. They're looking at your work directly. That's what 
they've gone and found. But then if you use Groupon, they're going through a list of how many people offering a Groupon for nail services, for hair services. Yep. They're not vetting you. They're not looking at your work, valuing your service, and then booking with you. Right. So it's not impossible to create a long-term client from that transaction, but it's almost impossible because right. you are putting a lot of faith and hope in the idea that you're going to sell them so much that the next time they want to get their nails or hair done, they're not going to go back and book a 50% off service, but they're actually going to stay loyal to you. Exactly. It's not that you shouldn't do it because at times we do do things because at the end of the day work is work and we've got to put food on our table. Yep. But if you're in the process of building your dream clientele, you're right. I don't think it offers you. I don't the, think it does. No, the loyalty you're looking for in the long run. Right. I've never personally yeah. heard of, I built my clientele from Groupons. I've right. never heard anyone say that. And that's kind of like the same thing with walk-ins. I mean, I would say the the thing with walk-ins and, and whenever I would hear somebody complaining, like at the salon I used to work at, like, oh, I don't get that many walk-ins, this and that, like... When you're newer in the industry, like, you should be thrown walk-ins because that's your experience happening, right? right? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, anything past five years in the industry, I I think even two years in the industry, if you have certain people rebooking with you um, and you're complaining because walk-ins aren't being provided and put into your book, you're dependent on the wrong thing. 100%. Because the turnover rate and the lack of loyalty is kind of similar to what we were just talking about. They're coming in for a quick, convenient service. They're not coming in trying to pre-book with you. So it's really what you have to decide is what is your dream clientele? Do you want flexibility week to week where if you decide to go away next week, you could block it out and not have any clients to move? To me, to be honest, I'd rather move clients. I am a big person with pre-booking. I will have you booking out two or three of your appointments before you head out the door. So with a walk-in, when you finish a service to encourage them to pre-book, I think runs you into almost like a brick wall because like in a way you might get that one or two out of 10 that are like, oh, you know what? No, like I really loved my hair. I'll pre-book. Well, and I think that also circles back to your quality of work has to be there. True. And if you, because I had a lot of walk-ins when I was first building, especially Mm -hmm. when we worked together at the salon. Um, Most of the clients there were walk-ins. I probably only had well, let's be honest. I was transitioning from part-time to full-time. Mm. So I probably only had five clients total yeah. when I came to work at that salon. So when I was getting fully booked, they were walk-ins. And I was fully booked because my quality was there. Yeah, And a lot of the clients I still have today are clients from walk-ins because they were put with me and I started... I did quality work. Mm-hmm. I started educating about them about their nails. Yeah. Like, I am a firm believer of if you don't know what the fuck somebody's putting on your nails, don't let them put it on your yeah, nails. Like For sure. You know, natural nail health is, like, really a passion of mine. But that's why they stayed with me. Yeah. Like, if I was doing shitty work, they're probably going to be remain. somewhere else. And I would have been one of those people two years in the industry complaining about not getting fed walk-ins. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, well, somebody from higher up in a salon needs to be like, 
your work is kind of shitty or your personality is shitty or whatever it is. Well, and I think, like, to be honest, too, just seeing when you first came into the salon, you came in with a very different perspective on the nail industry than a lot of people have. Not that there weren't incredible nail artists at the salon, too, but you came in and you were so informed. And when somebody did talk to you, I think it changed the opinion of what a nail service was. For a long time, I think a lot of people thought like a nail service is more of like a walk-in base style thing. Not a lot of people would look at it I think in our age groups, because then I look at, like, my older clients, and they've got their nail girl that they have, like, their standing appointment with. But then you talk about our pocket of age, and I realize that we kind of were looking for convenience a little bit more for a while, and Mm -hmm. now it's shifted again. But I think you came in at that perfect time where that shift was starting, and people were saying, like, no, like, if I'm going to sit down and get a service done why wouldn't I want to be sitting with Melissa who's going to actually genuinely right you know care or is it going to be a turn and burn service well and not only that but at that salon I was one of the only people that did nail art too right so it made me stand out more and you were constantly trying new stuff which I think is a big thing too exactly if I was sitting bored and somebody was like oh I need my nails done I'd be like come on over right Because working in a full-service salon, you guys were also free advertising for me. For sure. You know, that was the thing. Like, your clients would be looking at your hands, you know, when you've got a foil in front of their face. Exactly. And your fingers are right in front of their eyes. What are they going to look at? Yeah, that's great marketing, for sure. I mean, that's the same thing as, like, doing, like, your hair, like, other people's hair there. Like, that was always something for me that was a great tool too. Right. Um, I like walk-ins weren't bad, but at least on the hair side, it was difficult. Like you would be like, all right, like they love their hair. You'd mm-hmm. get to the front and you'd be like, I recommend this many weeks out and this and that. And it would be a little more difficult to convince right. them because a lot of times like somebody walking in for a balayage, they might be doing that once a year. Like right. even if you're like, we should maintain this more often, They've already understood, like, well, you have the availability. I could just walk in. So, like, why am I going to book, you know? Um, And then sometimes what would happen is those people that did enjoy the service would try to walk in or call last minute to get in again. And at that point, I had started booking out more. So then they start to say, like, then I did get a few that would come back into my chair that started off as walk-ins. Right. Then understanding, like, oh, I have to book in order to stick around. Right. So, I mean, walk-ins aren't necessarily... A bad thing. Right. They're kind of both. Yeah. I would think that they would fall into the... Like, it's not something that you can maintain your business on. I think it's a stepping stone. I think you have to look at it that that's going to be what gets your feet wet in the industry. 100%. And then you need to learn retention as that occurs you need to learn how to gain your own clients outside of walk-ins yep. it doesn't mean that walk-ins are a bad thing it's just the way I look at it you should never look at walk-ins as the bread and butter of your your career in no. your industry because it's just not realistic that it would be no absolutely not and like circling back like I think another big tip that you know 
that we kind of hinted on was doing other people's nails. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, when I came to the salon, I had more, you know, well, to our salon now, yeah, I had a little bit more flexibility. And then I'd always done your nails. Yeah. I started doing your assistant's nails. Mm-hmm. Um, when Bella came on, I started doing Bella's nails. And now I do her assistant's nails. So even though I'm not really taking new clients, you guys are all free advertisement for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that Bella's had people ask her, oh, who does your nails? And she'll give out my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you know, you share them and whatever. So I think if you are in, even in a sweet style, you know, yeah. rental, like find other sweet people there. Like yeah, trade, trade services. services. Get your name out there for sure. And I mean, that's how you have to kind of look at it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a gap today. Do you want me to do your nails? Yeah. Like those people are free advertising. And I don't know if you would disagree, um, but I would say like my biggest advice with that because it can sometimes feel daunting and if like you're in a salon that would claim that like the services should be complimentary for like employees or coworkers mm-hmm. in the salon. Um, so I did two things like over time because it was kind of happening to me, same as I saw it happen to you where like, a lot of your coworkers were booking, like, and that's not money being made at the right. same time. So I think a fair trade of, like, what I do your hair, you yep. do my nails. We do a trade like that. Outside of that, maybe you offer a discount, but you still charge a service right. charge, right? Um, and the other thing I did, at least for me, to make sure the quality was there for everybody and I never felt like I was rushing was I only let them book during my business hours where some people might say like that's a business mistake because you're offering a discounted service and this and that. But what I was finding was they wouldn't be booking during my business hours. And then at the end of the night when I'm totally mentally shot like I don't want to do hair anymore to be honest somebody's like oh can you just throw a few foils in can you just do this can you just do that and then the quality's not really there like you're not providing the same level of service that you need to for that to be a walking billboard or a walking advertisement so you almost have to treat it like a business transaction still and not look at it as anything less or Mm -hmm. I do think that it can sometimes become daunting absolutely like I definitely like I know with like Bella and her assistant and Rochelle like I definitely schedule them during my business hours um I just charge them a base cost price right you know like or whatever and I do their nail art Mm -hmm. for no charge and it doesn't you know because you know people move all the time you lose like there's always an ebb and flow of clients so I never like to say that I'm not taking new clients but currently I'm booked until like the end of April is anyone gonna wait until the end of April to get their nails done with me probably not yeah but if I have some clients fall off between now and then you guys are still a billboard for my work Mm -hmm. along with my social media and stuff like that most definitely um and then also, like, a lot of my clients have come from client referrals. Yeah. Client referrals are usually one of my favorites, for sure. Oh, yeah. And not yeah. – and I put a little asterisk there because you don't want those problem 
clients no referrals, referrals. like you don't yeah no crazy no. breeds crazy right so you don't want the crazy clients referral i want my clients of the eight years that send me wild fork yeah i want those referrals Absolutely. or my client or like i was just saying with the other one that i just did last week i want her referrals because she was so excited yeah you know, your big tipping clients, the, you know, those, like take your perfect client and ask them for referrals. Absolutely. Because nine times out of ten, they're not going to refer you their crazy friends. I have one of my clients. You know her and love her, mm-hmm. too. You cut her hair. Yeah. She referred her mom to me. Yeah. And she read her mom. God love her. She read her mom the riot act. She's like... You can't be late. You can't cancel last minute on her. You can't be one of those clients who's constantly switching appointments. And her mom was like two minutes late one day and And walked in. She's like, Melissa, I'm so sorry. I'm late. And I'm like, it's two minutes. I know. Yeah. (laughs) But like, because. The what her daughter takes her appointment seriously. Like she referred me her best friend, and same thing. She read her the riot act. She's like, "You are a reflection of me." Yeah. Like I have a nine thirty or a nine a.m. standing appointment on Saturdays. You're not gonna fuck that up for me. <laughs> but that's your dream clients right. that you want to have. Like so, for me, it's difficult. I made the call you know, post-COVID to not take new clients. And then I really sat down and I thought about it and my my pacing needed to slow a little bit. And I'm really just not in a place that it makes sense, to be honest. Anytime that I think like, oh, maybe I should. And then I look at my schedule, it just doesn't make sense. So I do actively say I, I don't take new clients, but that's why I love that we have Bella at the salon because she is, and I love to refer out. Like, right. it's not that I want to be like, oh, too bad, so sad, pound sand, but I genuinely can't provide that service and a return service in the time that you need. And that's exactly. just the true honest aspect of where I'm at right now. Well, However, and you also have like three businesses that you're running. Right. It's a little different. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, if I do have a client move away um, in, so that's counted in both directions. Like I'll take referrals, you know, and if something opens up in that situation where they move away, I can put them in there. Sometimes I have clients who have moved away that come back. So that's a good example, too, because, you know, after a few years have passed, you're kind of in a tricky spot of saying, like, well, technically I don't really have space right now, but I kind of like them. So So I've had it work out a few times lately that a client's moved away and a client's moved back where it just simultaneously fills that space in. Right. Um, Which is also why I don't do like a waitlist system. My schedule is a constantly moving thing. And so many people get different services, especially once you've been, you know, doing hair for a while. You have some people that you book for a full appointment that turns into maintenance. You know how to manipulate out your timing. Right. And I do double and triple book because I have an assistant. Um, So the wait list thing, it works sometimes, but then it doesn't because I tried that for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like it'd be unfair if like, you know, somebody's at the top of the list, but I'm going to number eight to fill in because they fit my wait list criteria, you know? Yeah. It's, 
gets tricky. Yeah, so for me, I just do referral-based when I'm looking to fill in a spot. Um, Maybe that'll change in the future. I say all the time that you never know what the future brings. But um, Of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm a full, full support of the referrals. That's a big one. Yeah, and not only just clients, but like, I mean, I know for us it's a little different, like if you're in a salon or in a suite, but here we know everyone. So like if you were like... Hey, Melissa, my client, so-and-so wants to get in. She's amazing. Like, I would take her over somebody on Instagram because I already, like, I've kind of already, she's been vetted almost. Like, I know she's going to be loyal, things like that. Yeah. Typically, not always. Um, But, yeah, like, also tapping into, like, other beauty industry people. Like, if you have a hair friend or a massage friend or vice versa. Like, those referrals are great, too. Absolutely. And it's okay to be picky, as I think the other thing. Once you start to establish yourself, it's okay to select what is a good fit and what's not. And and that's part of vetting, like what you just – the words you just used. And that could be within a text message form. Like, you don't have to feel guilt to say, I don't think I'm the right fit for you, you know. However, I'll let you know in the future if a spot opens up. That's the beauty of being in demand. Then you really get to build your dream clientele. Exactly. What's your opinion on discount programs? So, (laughs) I don't dislike discount programs, but I personally feel that discounts should be more awarded to the person that's referring the other person than the opposite, Um, which we talked about before, too. Um, Meaning, if you send me somebody, I don't mind giving you a discount or throwing in a free, you know, treatment while you're here or doing something like that over discounting somebody that hasn't even had my services yet. Now, of course, if like they refer somebody too, then you're going to receive that discount because you referred somebody. Right. Um, but I think offering an incentive like, oh, if you rebook with me, you're going to get 20% off. Now, I guess it's all relative to where you're at in your career too. Because I also say that now because I would be like, no, I mean, you either like your hair or you don't. Like I don't need to give you 20% (laughs) off to rebook. It's not that hard. But I'm speaking from a far different place than I was speaking from seven or eight years ago. So seven or eight years ago, if it was maybe that walk-in person that I was trying desperately to sell to come back in, not desperately, but you know what I'm right, saying. Right, I know what you mean. Then you could be like, hey, I know you loved your hair today. I recommend, you know, 12 weeks for balayage or I recommend, I don't know, eight weeks for your retouch and your, your end gloss. So if you rebook today, you'll receive 20% off that next service. Right. Um, then I think it's a great tool in the rebooking and that aspect of your career. So I think all of that's relative to where you're at too. A hundred percent. Like I, for, like I see a lot of, I mean, again, only speaking from the nail side, I see a lot of people offering discounts for new clients, like 10% off and stuff like that. I definitely think that if you're asking your current clients, um, for referrals or anything like that, like that they should get a discount off. I don't think it should be to new clients because I think that you should also be rewarding the people that have stuck by you. Yeah. Um, I mean, in general, today, I don't discount anything. Like, it is what it is, kind of yeah. like you said. But especially when you're building, it can be 
like yeah, a you great don't, like, tool to use and or like run a month like oh for the month of March I'm going to be doing free like basic nail art right. which is relatively if you have a lot of nail art supplies it's relatively it's a low cost discount to it's get simple. people who might be interested in to give your current client something um and then also I mean again just from nails the more people see your work now they're all going out and like oh my god look what my nail girl did on my yeah. nails today posting it on their social right. media and sharing it and stuff like that I think that it's a helpful mm-hmm. tool I would rather do those discounts than anything like Groupon. Yeah, yeah I think like, well, of course, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would not jump into Groupon if I would do it again and I never did it, but. Um, no, I've never I, heard a good thing. I would offer the incentive to rebook in the very beginning because I think that helps you, almost it pushes you yourself into the habit of getting past that like scary thing to recommend a rebook. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great tool then. Now I I don't offer a discount service. I make that decision, you know, Mm -hmm. when you come in and it may be throwing in like a a free blow dry because of, you know, a special event or something like that. Like it's really just based off the day of and kind (laughs) of like how I'm feeling. Right. Um, and that kind of circles back to again, too, like your dream clientele, like you're, for me, like, my clients are always pleasantly surprised if I throw in a treatment or something like that, but they never expect it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of another aspect of building a clientele who knows your worth and respects your worth, too, where they're pleasantly surprised when you give them a discount, but it's not something that's become an expectation for them. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. my big thing. Yeah. I think we covered a lot today. I know. I felt like so business-like. So in a future episode, we'll have to cover how to retain clients. We touched on a few things today, Mm -hmm. but we are going to dedicate an entire episode of like what we've learned. Retention. In retention. Yeah. Because you can get all the new clients you want, but if they're not rebooking. What's going wrong? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll delve into that. For sure. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at the Beauty Beast Podcast, where we are always open to DMs and your stories. So if you have any questions on retention or you have like a retention story, please DM us there. Yeah. Or you can email it to us at thebeautypeastpodcast at gmail.com or us individually. And we'll list that all in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And we'll keep all names anonymous and secretive. Yes. All right. (laughs) Until next time. Yes. Until next time. (laughs)